This is Brett. And this is Sean. And this is Bonus BS. Bonus BS, a supplemental show to Gaming and BS podcast, where we cover interviews and other such topics not found in our weekly episodes. Enjoy. Thank you for joining me on <clears throat> in this episode three of Gaming uh, Bonus BS. This is your host, Sean. This is a multi-part uh, series to provide some insight into, or inside, I should say, inside Gaming NBS podcast. And the reason why I'm recording this is because we've received some inquiries uh, via social media or email that have asked, how do you guys record? Where do you host? Um, how do you get your sound? And some of those things. And so this has been in the works for quite a while. It's been in my mind for quite some time. And I thought, you know, I should take some time to actually put this out there so that everybody in the ethersphere can tune in and maybe learn from our mistakes or, you know, um, seek out doing your own show, whether it's role-playing game oriented like ourselves or if it's just any type of show. And you can get a lot of this information on the web and search through it. But if you listen to us, you're probably, I mean, you kind of, what I've found is if you listen to somebody, you want to know what they're doing, what gear they're using. Yeah, you could do searches on YouTube, but you've listened to their show. You know what they're about. You know their approach. But what went into all of it and what can they do maybe if they're going to start, uh, if you're going to start your own show? And so a lot of this information, obviously, there's going to be a lot of differences of opinion. There's going to be different options for you uh, as a whole and what you do or how you do it. So my approach is not to say this is the way you have to do it or this is the best way. It's just our way of doing things. And I hope that you can gain some insight into uh, and maybe it'll help you. Um, start your own show again, like I mentioned, or learn from our mistakes and some of our pitfalls. Because producing a podcast seems pretty straightforward, and it is. Um, I mean, what's the what's the overall synopsis, right? It's you have an idea, you have a voice, you want to put it out there for people to tune into. So you could literally just fire up a computer, put on a headset and microphone, hit the record button on your favorite little music recorder button, and start a podcast and then upload it and share it. That's really the overall essential. Um, and that's not a secret. And I think everybody knows and can fumble through that pretty easily. We put quite a lot of, quite a bit of thought in planning into the show. And it's really some of the subtle nuances that people may not, you don't know what you don't know. And so some of those subtle nuances we've hashed out, ran through our brains, and we've come up with Gaming NBS um, at www.gamingnbs.com. You can listen to our shows. If you listen to some of the earlier ones, they're not done as well as what you get later, and that's typical of podcasts. So when you start your show, don't expect it to be perfect. Don't expect it to run really smooth, and that's okay. The quality of the sound may be not that great because some of the gear that you have you may be using, you know, uh, much more affordable gear. It may not give you the best sound quality, but you want to keep your starting costs low to see that if you get, you know, pick up steam, and then if you really find it enjoyable and you want to take it to another level, 
then you may pick up more equipment down the road or invest a little bit of money into that gear to get you a little bit better sound. And that's not just gear. That could be web hosting, maybe the size of the files you're going to record later are going to be bigger because you want the sound quality to be a little bit better. Maybe you find different intro music that's more appropriate to your podcast, or heck, you may even change the format of your overall show because it may not jive with what you want to convey to your audience. So again, this is more, I'll point out some things that have come up as questions on what to consider and then what we actually went with and and maybe a little bit of why we went that route. So I uh, started, I started my first podcast years ago. It was Grumbling Dwarf uh, podcast. It was the Grumbling Dwarf netcast. I think it was what it was called. It was a website that I had, um, I had implemented quite a while ago to bring gamers together. And it specifically was for the state of Wisconsin and it was a forum based, um, it started out as just a forum website and I would go over to game stores and say, Hey, you know, um, if I had this site that was kind of independent of all you game stores, but all you guys could promote all your info there and in effort to bring gamers to different game stores for different events, which in turn would maybe generate a little bit more revenue for those game stores. Right. So spreading the consumer's dollar across multiple game stores versus just one where that one game store may just have their own website and cater to their own customer base. This would be kind of pulling in more people uh, because game stores aren't apt to advertise other stores or other stores events. And so this was kind of my way of really bringing the gaming community as a whole together in and share their passion for gaming and different events at different stores and things of that nature. And you can kind of see the benefit of that. And Grumbling Dwarf still exists. It's not in its same form. Um, it's actually a Google Plus community now. And uh, But anyways, I started out a podcast because I wanted to figure, well, I have Grumbling Dwarf. I'm going to start a podcast and I'll talk about tabletop gaming, specifically role-playing games. I did four episodes and many of them were... Um, it was me solo, but for the most part, the four first four episodes I had guests on there and we would talk about different topics and then it just faded away. So what, what that's called is pod fade. That's when you launch a show and then you just, you don't close the show. You don't end the series. It just fades away and stops releasing, uh, episodes and shows. And that's what's, you know, we refer to as pod fade. And that's, um, certainly something that you want to address, Uh, pod fading and what that looks like. But nonetheless, let's move on, right? So in part one, I'm going to go over the planning stages. So you have an idea, you want to do a podcast, and it all starts with the things I'm about to talk about in this actual episode. So the first thing you have to really do is define why you want to do the podcast. What's the reason for the show? And You know, it can be to talk and banter and learn about, you know, there's a lot of different things that you can consider when dealing with the show, whatever that is. Uh, Maybe you just want to talk. Maybe you've heard podcasts and say, you know, what, I could do a little bit better job. Now, I should say that whatever it is, whatever the reason is, let it be your own. Don't do it for other people. Um I mean, it could be silly, it could be serious, it could be whatever you want. People, uh, if you can get people to listen and want to listen to you and your approach to whatever topic you're talking about, 
it will go much further than trying to cater to your overall audience, right? You'll have a, a kind of a focus audience. So for us, it's gamers, obviously. But obviously, we're not going to, you know, get a lot of collectible card game players or maybe miniatures players necessarily because we are a role-playing game, um, tabletop, geekery kind of podcast. And the geekery part is really a catch-all in case we go off a little bit outside of the RPG industry. So that's our target audience. But the reason we're doing it isn't for them necessarily. And I know this is going to sound harsh because you guys are listening to this and I, I want to say thank you for all the listeners that have, you know, downloaded us and given us a shot. But I, what I guess what I'm trying to say is just because there's, you know, gaming and BS, misdirected mark, fear the boot, um, one shot, and those are just some that I listen to, doesn't mean that you, there isn't a market for your particular show. Uh, and that's a hard one to get over because maybe you just kind of say, well, everybody kind of does this. Everybody talks about that. But really what makes a really good podcast, in my opinion, is not only just the topic that you may be, that the listener base may have an interest in, but it's also the chemistry or approach um, in your voice that may appeal to them. So in other words, you could have a great role-playing game podcast, maybe the sound quality is awesome, um, and it's an actual play podcast, but the actual play and the players eat chips during the show, and it drives you crazy, Right. Or maybe the quality is not the best, but the content is really rich. So there's some trade-offs. But with us, um, I should say, well, moving before we get on to us a little bit, we have a passion for role-playing games. Um, Brett and I, if you're not familiar with gaming and BS, it's Brett and I, Brett and Sean, hence the BS. But we both have a passion for, for role-playing games. And we actually met each other where we work. Um, we work at the same place, and we're both gamers. And we found ourselves talking about games pretty consistently. Whenever we'd meet and have lunch, we would just talk about games, our game groups, how to run games, rules, things of that nature. And then I thought, you know, hey, I've always wanted to do a podcast. And I asked Brett, hey, would you be interested in doing it? He didn't know much about it at the times, uh, what that would take, um, what it would ask from him to do the show. But I, I kind of pitched it and said, hey, we talk about this stuff. Why don't we record it and we'll put it on the internet? And he's like, yeah, that sounds sounds like a plan. Now, you got to have a passion for whatever topic or show that you're going to do. And I say that because it'll prevent you from pod fading. Um, many podcasts don't get past episode seven. And the reason is, is they start out thinking like, oh, this is going to be great. You know, um, we're going to have lots of shows and guests and you know, whether we make money or not, it'll just be a great and fun time. And then as things go by or go on, you kind of run out of things to say. You lose your, uh, I don't want to say enthusiasm, but the, the burning fire for launching shows seems to take a backseat to everything else. And eventually you'll pod fade. And it may not be, you know, after episode seven, it may be after episode 14, um, I'm facing that on another podcast that I do, and I just got to get that burning desire to go and and fire it up and record something and put it out there. Now, at the same time, um, you know, you may launch a podcast and you may realize, uh, you know, I'm in pod fade or it's been, you know, I was releasing every week and now I'm having a hard time releasing once a month. And maybe it's just a show that you've lost the passion for. And that's okay. It happens. And maybe you just need to re 
revisit that and find out maybe this isn't the show that I want to record. Maybe it's something else. Maybe I'm doing some kind of like more of a banter show or interview show. I'm not getting the guests I want. The chemistry's not there. So I'm going to launch a different show because I'm going to give that a try because that's where my fire burns um, for that topic area. Okay. So what I'm trying to say in short is you give it a shot, you put it out there, you put as much energy that you can into it. But if it isn't working and it's not jiving with you, you know, by all means, you know, try something else and that's okay. So the first thing I think you got to have is, is, you know, kind of a focus on what the show is about, what you're going to cover, what you're going to talk about, and then have the passion to do that, to prevent pod fade. And then if you do realize pod fade and then just readjust and uh, revisit and find that that more burning fire within you and, and relaunch maybe the same show or the uh, different show entirely. All right. When I, you could do the show, there's a few different ways you can do the show um, as far as format goes. And I say format as, as, as it relates to doing it solo or having a co-host or having more of a group. And there's advantages and disadvantages to all of those. So if you're solo, the advantage is you can record it anyway, anytime you want. It's very easy to schedule because you'll just get on the mic, record it, and put it out, right? There isn't any, well, are you available at this time? No, I'm not. Or uh, you can make all the decisions. Everything is on you when you're solo, right? You can pick, pick the intro music, the outro music, the format of the show, the voice of the show, your audience, everything can fall to you individually, when you get a co-host on the show, you do have some obligation to include them into the process that I'm about to talk about. Now, you also can divvy up. Now, when you're going more than one person, you can divvy up the responsibilities. So that's nice and that's an advantage um, to, to having a co-host or multiple co-hosts. Some have strengths and some um, some have strengths and some uh, so I, I went into business years ago and usually go into business with a partner for one of two reasons. One, it's either um, capital investment and pooling that together, or it's knowledge base. One person has more knowledge in a particular area than the other and vice versa. So consider that me, I, I happen to be more on the technical side and, and setting all this up. And Brett isn't uh, as he doesn't know all the nuances and intricacies that go into actually producing uh, a, a show. And that's okay. We know that. It's an understanding we have. And so I'm not going to make him do a lot of the stuff that I do, like editing and all that information. But at the same time, you, you know, I, let, I go to Brett and say, hey, I, can you do this or can you do that? Or are you responsible for the topics or what have you? Now, that's certainly can ebb and flow, right? It doesn't have to be always Brett that comes up with the topics and it, it isn't always the case. And sometimes that uh, chemistry can play back and forth by all means. And, and frankly, there may come a time where I sit down with Brett and say, hey, you know, I'm going to be out. I'm going to need you to do some things on the show and I'm going to show you how to do that and then kind of educate him there. So moving on to that is, is are you going to be solo guest, uh, have guests, or co-hosts, I should say, not guests, but uh, co-hosts, and how many, and how? what does that look like? Because then once you get past, um, you know, th- that'll bring up a lot more questions. Who's going to be responsible for what? How are you going to bring everybody together? 
And what does everybody have for gear and how is that going to be handled? And then what is the feedback from each co-host, right? How much creative latitude is everybody, you know, are you going to, you're going to have to come to a consensus or is it kind of, you know, I'm going to run the show. I just need you guys to show up. Okay. And talk. And maybe that's the agreement, but make sure you set the expectations ahead of time because if you don't, you may run into an issue just like role-playing games. Uh, somebody may have different expectations than yourself. Like say, for example, I thought Brett would do X, Y, and Z. He didn't know I would expect that. And then we have this issue between the two of us. And do I just confront him and talk to him about it? Or, you know, how do, who, how do I handle that? Now, Brett and I were very open and uh, good friends and we can kind of hash that out. But that is something to consider very early on, right? Even before you figure out the topic of the show, because, you know, and if you're the solo person and you're looking for a co-host, you might have, you might want to pitch them what the show is going to be about. And, uh, th- you may look for feedback or you may j- might just say, look, I'm going to do this podcast. I think you've got some good things to say. Would you consider being a co-host and what is all that involved? There's also commitment levels, right? That you have to deal with multiple people and things of that nature. So, and some of those, um, not only, commitment levels, but you, there's agreements that you might have to make on money, the topics, how to promote it, scheduling, and then who's responsible for what. And that's in a nutshell. Also, what you want to consider is the length of the show. Is it going to be something that's variable, which means uh, anytime you sit down, it could go for 10 minutes or it could go for two hours. So do you want it that variable length or do you want it to be fixed? Now, Gaming and BS, we, after a couple times in the beginning, um, I think we have shows as short as maybe 50 minutes and as long as uh, an hour and a half, hour and 20 minutes. And um, now you'll get listeners that will say they may not like your show simply because it's too long, right? They want the half hour. Maybe it's, they listen to it as a commute, uh, on their commute to work, and a half hour they prefer. And that's Okay. And if they don't listen, that's okay. It's just, you know, a lot of listeners um, like yourself will choose to listen to a podcast for a variety of different reasons, like I mentioned earlier. And as a podcaster, you're going to just have to come to terms that there's going to be some people that just don't like your show for a variety of different reasons, whether it's the topic, the show length, the quality, whatever that is. Maybe it's just even the person that's talking. The They don't speak well. They use a lot of ums and ahs. Uh, maybe they use like all the all the time and everything that they say. Regardless, again, you have to kind of do it for you know the way you want and accept the folks that will listen to you. And you'll get fans that you will, and they're going to be very a very uh, uh, loyal group. They'll they'll listen to you. I mean, you have their attention for the length of their sh- of your show, which is something that you know bloggers may not get. Uh, as in depth or the the commitment um, from some of the people that they write articles for. So on the length of the show, we decided on an hour. We have gone over, we've fallen short, but that's kind of the target length for gaming and BS. Bonus BS is kind of more variable length by all means. Um, and it's also um, a lot different. Um, it's more fast and loose for gaming and BS than it, uh, for bonus BS than gaming and BS. So we've chosen an hour. We figure we can, we've got a few things that we can talk about within an hour. Um, but, I mean, there's podcasts out there that are five minutes, right? It's just a quick blurb. Maybe it's news. 
maybe it's an encounter for role playing games and they just you talk about an encounter and you record it for five minutes and that's it and you record the next one a week later or maybe it's more frequent. So we get into frequency of release. How often are you going to release your podcast? I mean, you could start out doing every two weeks and then change it. Uh, you could do it once a month and see how it goes. And then maybe if you want to do it more frequently. But what is the frequency of your release? And for Gaming and BS, um, it's one, it's every week. And we launch it at Tuesday at 12.05 Central Time U.S. I mean, you could set your watch to it. Now, um, in the beginning, we didn't have that. We were, you know, we would record and then the next day we would launch it. Well, sometimes we, we always record on Sundays at 7 p.m. Central Time. And then I would put it out there on Monday morning. If I couldn't get it to Monday or I had it edit, maybe it was Tuesday. Um, I think you even have a release on a Wednesday. So it was a little sporadic. And what we decided is I wanted a very consistent release schedule. And if we recorded on Sundays, well, let me re- back up. If we launch on Tuesdays, it allows, and we're doing it weekly, it allows us to do a week. We have a week to record an episode, essentially is what you're looking at. And we just happen to do it on Sundays. Now, we've actually recorded on Friday evenings, Thursday evenings, and launched the following Tuesday. But for listeners, what they will end up doing, like yourself, obviously, is that um, you will have your podcatcher or your routine. People are, I don't have routines typically. And uh, some will start to go to work on a Wednesday. They've downloaded the podcast overnight and on their Wednesday commute, they'll listen to Gaming BS and they can always count on it being ready because they we always launch on Tuesday at 12.05. Maybe it's the people that go home at work from work on a Tuesday and they know that the show drops at 12.05 and they can listen to our show on their uh, evening drive home um, because they know it's going to be there. So if you don't have that consistency, then they really don't know when you're going to come up and they're just, you're kind of putting them um, at whim. Now, like myself, I listen to a lot of podcasts. There's a rotation. I may not get to a podcast, uh, their latest episode, uh, you know, in a week or two because I'm listening to other things. And that's okay too, but that's on the user to decide. But if you're always consistent, you put it in the hands of the listener to decide when they want to listen to your podcast. So come up with the frequency of release, whatever that is. The focus of the show, that goes back to the topic area. So for for us, you know, there could have been actual play. There could have been, you know, banter. It could have been a news show. It could have been strictly reviews. When it came to tab- tabletop games or role-playing games, we decided to take more of a banter approach with a combination of kind of news with the die roll segment that we do. Um, And, you know, that's, it's really up to you. We find that the natural kind of talking about the topic area and our approach is very natural. One thing that we really wanted to do was kind of be, you know, mimic some of your friends that are in the role playing games and things of that nature that you've met over time or you've grown up with or play with every week, month, six months or a year. And it would be as if we were sitting at the table with you just talking about some concept in very natural conversation, uh, nothing overly technical, nothing strict outline. Obviously, we want to cover some points when we talk about that. Now, the downfall to banter uh, or that type of a format of the show or topic of the show is that 
you may talk about the same thing over and over or it gets to be too kooky. You know, there's some shows out there that will have a topic, but then they'll start talking about, you know, beer or um, not necessarily beer, but, you know, oh, hey, this is a show about tabletop RPGs. We talk about blah, blah, blah. And then all of a sudden we're talking about um, something completely different. And it's okay to do that in the show. I think it's just natural conversation, but you just have to be conscious of how different you might get off that specific topic um, and throw your listeners off a little bit. Because, you know, if you listen to our show, obviously we, we do cover a lot of different things and, you know, I have my own quips that I put in there, but you just want to be conscious that you're not going too far off the beaten path and it's not just a, a laugh track all the way through, right? So determine on the focus of the show or the topic, and then what's the format? You could easily just, again, record, start talking um, about your topic, and that's that's it. What we did was I wanted a, a few different segments to break up the show a little bit. Uh, because some people may not even, they may like our show okay, but maybe they tune in specifically for a particular segment of the show. Maybe it's our die roll where we come up with two to four points of miscellaneous geekery or role-playing game news or what have you that we just want to put out to the community that we think is interesting and we thought you might be interested as well. Um, and that spices it up because Maybe the topic is boring somebody, but then there's die roll and it picks them up a little bit. So we wanted different segments into, you know, breaking up the show episode a little bit. And um, so we did that. And the timing of the segments vary, of course. Um, Ours, the main topic usually takes up 40 minutes of time within our own show. We start out with an intro kind of like, hey, how are you doing? You know, more of a relax. Um, You know, we'll get into announcements if we have any. And then also we have what's called um, Random Encounter uh, that you might already know. Random Encounter, obviously we have a certain theme through our show um, and that you can do or not do. Some have, they named their different segments. We did, uh, and we did it around kind of the classic role-playing fantasy game um, genre. And so we did Random Encounter. And that happens to do uh, that happens to focus in on emails, social media, um, feedback from listeners, um, comments from our blog, and we'll talk a little bit about that. We have a little space for our sponsor, which is about thirty seconds, um, which is another thing that you may want to consider. When we just to touch on sponsorship, um, we have um, Great Out Productions that does dice bags, and one thing that we wanted to do is keep that relatively. Um, short, right? Because if you get into advertising and it's too long, uh, people will get perturbed and just not listen to your entire show. So we, we obviously wanted to make a very diligent effort at making it at 30 seconds or less. Some shows can actually do 15 seconds. Some shows won't do sponsorship because of that reason, uh, of having, you know, I wouldn't say betraying their listenership, but they just want to, they don't want to go there. If you're going to listen to the show, great. We're not out to make money. Um, and we don't want to throw in something that we don't believe in or what have you for whatever reason. Um, and you don't have to have a sponsor right out of the gate. Um, some shows never have one. Um, and that's a whole nother topic to begin with, but we had somebody approach us and I said, sure. And then there's pricing behind that. If you do charge, maybe you don't even charge. Maybe they're just a friend of yours. Um, darktheater.net. Um, I always announce the show sponsored by darktheater.net home of the character folio. So that's a venture of Brett's. So we're actually, you know, 
that's kind of Brett's advertising for an application that he and Dark Theater do for a character folio that works on the iPad. So, you know, obviously Brett is paying for that with his time. And that's, you know, you can market some of your other things that you're doing. Maybe you're an author and you want to, pub, you know, kind of pimp your book or something along those lines or your um, what you're writing. And I think a podcast is certainly acceptable to do that. And you just have to, you know, keep in mind what that looks like as far as a time frame um, goes with that segment. So then we have a sponsorship. Uh, we throw in the, we go into the main topic. Maybe that's 30, 40, five minutes. And then at the end of that, we have what's called die roll. And those are like two to four, two to five points. And then that will go for the rest of the remainder of the show. And then we close out with an outro. That's pretty much the segments of all of gaming NBS. Bonus BS, very loose, very, you know, no segments. We're just going to talk. Um, it, whether it's for the first two episodes, it's been interviews, but this one I'm doing, I'm just talking to you and going over podcasting and what that looks like. So I'm not going to stop and put in, you know, a transition of any kind, which I'll talk about in just a second. All right. So the name of the show. So you kind of get an idea of what you're wanting to do. So you have a general high level overview of you, you, you have this vision of what your show is going to be like and who's going to be involved. Then you got to pick a name of the sh- for the show. Names can be anything. I mean, Fear the Boots been out there for ages with tons of show, you know, episodes. And it's called Fear the Boot. Who would know that Fear the Boot is a role playing game tabletop gaming podcast? But there's a story behind it. So when they talk about, hey, this is the reason why we named our show Fear the Boot, it's kind of interesting. Um, and it's an interesting story, and people love to hear about stories and how they came up with things. For Brett and I, we were just kind of brainstorming. It could have been anything. We thought gaming with BS. We thought gaming and BS. And the BS is nicely tied to the first initial of our first names, which is nice. So it's kind of like gaming and Brett and Sean, right? So we came up with the name of the show. And uh, another thing that ties into that is can you get the domain name? Um, We happened, it was available. So that's another thing that plays a part. You can certainly have a different domain that's different from the show, um, but it's much, much easier to say, you know, we're Gaming NBS podcast. You can find us at GamingNBS.com and everything is Gaming BS. So it really does create a consistent um, uh, name across everything to include our, our Twitter account, our email account at Gmail. Um, even on our Facebook page, I think it's gaming and BS, you know, facebook.com forward slash gaming and BS. So a lot of those things you'll want to kind of research before finalizing the name of the show. That's if you want everything to be consistent across all those different platforms that you want to use to either propagate your show or, um, you know, do it on social media. So we came up with the show name. Okay. And then if obviously, um, web presence and propagation going into the web presence piece, so we did get the domain name. It's very easy. You can go to GoDaddy. You can go to Hover or Hoover. Hoover, I think. Hover I use. Hover.com um, for domain names. Uh, and I'm not going to get too far into the technical pieces of this. If you do have questions about, hey, I don't know how to get a domain name, you can certainly email me at uh, gamingnbs at gmail.com, and I'd be more than happy to point you in the right direction. But domain names usually cost anywhere from Oh, I think I've seen them as low as, you know, $5 to, you know, $20 uh, 
a year. Um, typically, I think we're paying maybe $12 a year for the actual domain name, gamingandbs.com. And then, of course, once you get the domain name, if you have, uh, then you have to have a hosting. Where are you going to host your site? And I should even back up too. There's with hosting and domain name, they kind of go uh, together a little bit. And for the technical people, you'll have to just kind of bear with me because you may already know a lot of this stuff. But I so I apologize in advance. But there's hosting and there's the domain name, and they can be separate or they can be together. So if you go to GoDaddy or whatever web hosting company, you may be able to get the domain there and then set up hosting all in one fell swoop. As a matter of fact, some may say, hey, if you buy a domain name, we'll give you a free month of web hosting, what have you. Now, I believe in self-hosting, which means that you are uh, you have your own domain name and uh, your own website for the most part. Um, if it's not self-hosted, some of those examples would be like WordPress.com, or blogspot slash blogger, you can go to those sites, you can set up a website, and if the name of your show is available, you can certainly reserve it and put it out there and use those hosted services um, for your website home on the web. Now, the reason I don't like those necessarily is because I don't have control over whether WordPress or blogger succeeds. So if Google, who owns Blogger, decides we're going to shut down the service, that kind of leaves me out uh, in the open. Same with WordPress. But if I'm self-hosting, I have access to all my files. I have, um, you know, it's my domain. I can move it or point it to a different web host. It gives me a little bit more flexibility should something occur. Now, of course, my web host could go bye-bye for some reason. But uh, if you do backups, you can just move it to another place and it's very easy. And you know what is involved when you do that typically. Um, Sometimes, you know, you go to your site and if it's at WordPress and they decide to shut it down and they don't give you any notice, you're done. It's gone. Poof. Now, hopefully you're doing backups and you can move it as easily as if you were at a self-host. But, you know, that's putting a lot of weight in a third party's um, Trust, I guess, for the most, or for lack of better words. So we host, um, let's see, I've got the domain through hover.com. And then I host through Linode. Linode is our web host. Now, I wouldn't expect a lot of people to use Linode. It's a virtual private server. It's running on Linux. And uh, basically, a virtual private server is a little bit different than shared hosting. Shared hosting, you're sharing a server somewhere with multiple websites on it. Now, you don't get to see all those websites. Typically, you just have kind of a sliver, some file structure, and you could put your um, files up there and everything works just fine. You can install WordPress um, and just it works just fine for what you need. I was getting tired of um, shared hosting because my website started running like garbage because a lot of the other websites on the server were getting much more traffic, which would in turn, um, it would have an, inf- or it would uh, have a uh, impact on my performance of my website. Now with a virtual private server works is that there's dedicated CPU to it. There's dedicated space and there's dedicated memory. So as long as I stay within the confines of my kind of slice of that of that server with those things, it'll run much better, in my opinion. And if you configure it. Now, there is a learning curve to that. You have to know how to set up a uh, web server. You have to know how to set up the, the directory and virtual hosts. 
But on Linode, they do have some very good tutorials and many other, there's tons of other ones that are out there. Um, I think hosting for me runs about 20 bucks a month and I can run multiple websites off of that to include my own personal blog as well as another podcast that I'm running. And that's all on one, one uh, of my virtual private servers. So yeah, that's hosting. And then of course, um, I just point the domain at the particular host. And then, so when you put in gamingandbs.com, it, it resolves to that hosting server and pulls up the files that you see. Okay. So again, not to get into a ton of details on hosting, but um, my preference is to self-host, whether it's shared or virtual private. And let's see. Um, then you'll, what you want to do is some of those sites, um, you know, like Blogger or WordPress, if you do go that route, do have RSS feeds. That's how people subscribe to you. Um, we have our own that's built into WordPress. That's the platform that we use to run our website. I picked a theme and I customized it. I don't have all the details in front of me as far as what plugins that we use for the site, um, which is something I should have probably written down and, and conveyed to you because then you can make a list and put those out there. As a matter of fact, if I have, I'm going to pause just a second. I'm going to pull those up quick just so I can um, name those off. All right, I'm back. So here, are, so I, we do a uh, download of WordPress and upload it to our host. Okay, there are in shared hosting, sometimes you can just do a one-click install with WordPress and that works just fine. It kind of walks you through a wizard and when you're done, you have an instance of WordPress up and running. And then from there, you can tweak the theme and the plugins, and some of those details. So that's what we do. Some of the um, Some of the plugins that I am actively running currently on our website include Akismet, which is anti-spam and definitely a number one necessary um, plugin that you need. Uh, you typically need an Akismet key. You go to Akismet, uh, Google it, you sign up for them, they give you a key, then you take that key and put it in the plugin, kind of legitimizes what you're doing, um, says okay, and then it blocks all types of spam from getting onto your blog. I have uh, Bad Behavior, Blueberry PowerPress, PowerPress is going to be a big one for hosting, I should say, for displaying the link and the player for your podcast episodes on your site. And there's a couple fields you fill in and uh, to include a link to the media file, as well as the length of time, and uh, it'll auto-detect the size of the file mostly. And then once that's configured properly, there's some other things that are involved where it's like you can optimize it for iTunes. So there's lots of different fields that you can put in there and uh, have that turned on. So when people go to your website, there's a little player at the top and you could say like download or listen now. And if they hit listen now, it launches the little player right on the website and plays the episode. So Blueberry PowerPress, there's other options you can get, but that's the one we use. I also use Guestbook, so that way people can come to the site and say, hey, I listened to your show, thank you so much. Uh, and one thing, we, the reason I put that out there was just because I really wanted to recognize a lot of the listeners that interact with us. So the Guestbook is for them to do that. I also have a page that I actually put the listeners' names on um, as, they, as I remember. Um, so one is more, okay, I know these people and I'm going to put their names up there. 
But if it's somebody that I don't know is listening, but they wanted to be recognized as a listener or fan of the show, they can actually come and sign on to our guest book there at um, GamingNBS.com. We also recently installed MailChimp for WordPress Lite. Um, and that is just to have people sign up for our email newsletter. And we're not sending out a newsletter every week or every month, but it is in case something happens, like our website goes down. I actually have all our listeners' emails and I can send it to them. Or if something happens that um, we don't propagate to social media or what have you, um, maybe Brett's going to do a, a Kickstarter of some kind and we just want to let our listenership know. That's kind of what that is for. I just think it's just another way to keep in contact with our listener base. And it also, you know, we can say, hey, we've got, if if a sponsor came to us, we could say, we get these many downloads. We have these many um, visitors from Google Analytics, and we have this many people in our in our mailing list. And of course, we take privacy very serious and we take spam very serious. So we know we're not going to divulge that information to any third party. We're just going to probably give them numbers if that ever even comes up. Um, we also have Pretty Link Lite. Pretty Link Lite is a kind of a URL shortener. So it really works well for redirects. So for example, um, all our shows are gamingnbs.com forward slash the episode number. And that's the that's where you can go. It's very easy to direct people to those. When you configure WordPress, it defaults to uh, or if you use Pretty Link or Pretty Links, if you use web friendly URLs like URL web web addresses, and you have that option turned on in WordPress, typically the the one that people use is like the date and the title of the blog post, and to tell people what that long address is can be a little kooky when you're trying to spell it out to everybody. So it's just easier if you just go gamingnbs.com forward slash 007 and you can listen to this. Um, with Pretty Link Lite, you can actually use that as a redirect for maybe some complicated URLs. Or if I say, hey, um, here's a cool RPG. You guys should really check it out. It's over on drive-thru. And rather than give you the long convoluted drive-thru link, I'll just say, hey, go to gamingnbs.com um, name of RPG on drive through and use that as a link. And then I can have that redirect to the drive through link. So it's very easy to speak. It's kind of just setting it up as a, a shorter, much easier to relate to um, and remember short link. What do we also have is Shareholic. Shareholic, uh, share buttons, analytics, and related content. Those are little the little widget and little widgets. They're the little social icons at the bottom of the posts, like Twitter, Google Plus, Facebook. So that allows people to say, "Oh, I'm listening to this, and I see this article. I'm just going to click this share button um, to Facebook, and then it'll automatically share it there." So we put that on there, and then we also have WordPress SEO plugin. WordPress SEO plugin. Um, it will. You, there's some fields that you can plug in, like the the title of the article of the blog, the keyword, um, a summary, which will show up in Google. So it can be different from your actual blog post. So you can tweak that a little bit. And then once you run it through kind of the, the SEO piece of that uh, function, of that widget, it'll tell you whether it's really good for SEO purposes or maybe it's short and it'll give you kind of some tips and advice to make it SEO friendly. 
um, which I think is really nice. And so you can change actually the title of the show for search engines from what you actually title the show in your blog post. Maybe a little bit hard to convey verbally through this, uh, what I'm saying, but nonetheless, uh, that's a good one and and, uh, you kind of mess around with it, but it's pretty straightforward. We use polls, WP-polls. That's for voting. Um, You could probably, I mean, if you're going to run like feedback or if you want people to weigh in like, hey, what's your favorite game? This, this, and this. um, Pick one. You can run polls on your website. And then we also run WP Spread plugin, and that's to our shop for selling T-shirts. Spreadshirt is the site we use. They have a plugin for WordPress that will display your Spreadshirt Spreadshirt um, products on your blog. I think Cafe Press probably has something similar, um, and that's what we use for our swag um, and our store uh, page. Uh, let's see. And then we I use WP Touch uh, mobile plugin. So what that allows to occur is if somebody visits our website on a mobile device, it'll render a more mobile-friendly website than our default theme. Now, some themes are responsive and will automatically display really nice on a mobile device. Ours wasn't really doing that, so I ended up getting a mobile plugin, which is WP Touch mobile plugin. You activate that, and then when people go to your site on a mobile device, it, it really renders really nice. So those are the plugins that we're using um, within WordPress. Now, there's plenty of other ones out there that are better or different, um, and those are just some of the ones that we use. All right, so um, going into the RSS feed. Now, WordPress has a default RSS feed built in. It's typically at the end of the URL. So if you go to gamingnbs.com forward slash feed, that's the default RSS feed for the entire site. If you want to break down your shows into categories on your website, so if you we have gaming and BS and we have bonus BS, you can actually have different feeds for both of those categories. So then in that case, it's usually gamingnbs.com or your domain name forward slash the category name, forward slash feed. So what what you can do is you can have multiple shows in different categories. So for us, we could have gaming and BS, and that would just be gaming and BS shows. And then we could have a category of bonus BS, and that would be all bonus BS shows. Now that, so when a user comes, they can just select by category um, and filter out what they want to see. Or when you submit your information to iTunes for the different shows, you would use those different RSS links to feed to iTunes. So in iTunes, we could have two different shows um, in two different places on iTunes, Bonus BS and Gaming and BS. Now, if you want all your shows to show up in one feed, then you would use your overall feed. Now, what we did not do early on was I did not port our feed to what uh, FeedBurner. FeedBurner is a Google product. The nice thing about FeedBurner is it's kind of like this middleman um, website. So what you can do in case your feeds change, which they can they can do that if you move your site or if you're like, well, I really wanna I really want this to be on this feed and this one to be on that feed. 
And if I change it, it's going to change my links to iTunes and then it's going to crap out and my shows aren't going to show up on iTunes and it's just going to be a real pain. If you pipe your feed to FeedBurner and you take the FeedBurner feed to iTunes, iTunes will always check FeedBurner for updates. So if your feed changes from your website, you just have to change it in FeedBurner and iTunes will automatically adjust. Also, if people are subscribing to FeedBurner and not directly to your site, then when you make that change, it will go to them via FeedBurner. If you don't use FeedBurner, that's okay. But just keep in mind, if you do change the feed and you have listeners tuned into your website feed and you change it, they may not get your your episodes. And how do you let them know? Well, in our case, we have email, right? Or we have social media. But you will tend to lose people or have people drop off if all of a sudden they don't get your updates anymore and don't know why. And sometimes it's after the fact, right? So yeah, we changed it and we didn't make an announcement before it changed. Or we didn't know what it would change to and now we've alienated uh, a, a group of listeners. So that's, I would consider FeedBurner right off the bat. I didn't do that. It was an oversight. Now, if you go to our website and click on our RSS feed or subscribe feed uh, link, it'll take you to FeedBurner. Um, and also FeedBurner will tell you how many people you have subscribing there. Where iTunes, I can't find a place where they actually tell you uh, how many people have downloaded your episode or are subscribing. So that's RSS, and RSS allows those automatic update pushes to either podcast catchers or RSS feed readers. Okay, like Feedly is one um, that you'll that people will plug that RSS feed in. Right, that's real. I think it's called real time syndicated service, something along those lines. So, yeah, that's really kind of the engine that makes podcasting what it is is the RSS piece. All right, moving on, social media. So this kind of ties into your domain name and the name of the show. Um, if you want a consistent kind of brand across all those paths, you're going to want to see if the name of your show is available on Twitter, Facebook, Google+, um, whatever. So what channels, are, first of all, what channels are you going to use, if any? And um, you'll want to you'll want to start getting those underway. And then when you get to Twitter and Facebook, you want to put your logo up. Um, you'll want to tell people, what the what your account is about. So on Twitter, it's like, hey, Gaming BS, we're a tabletop role-playing game um, featuring Brett and Sean. We talk about RPGs and other miscellaneous topics of geekery. Check us out. And you can either put in a link to iTunes or you can put a link to your website or a link to your feed. Those are the three ones that I would recommend, um, one of those. I would do it to the website because there's everything there and you can let the listener choose how they want to tune in to you. Not everybody has a Apple product, which is more conducive to iTunes. Um, but typically now with some podcatchers, they'll actually understand um, you're on Android, but it's an iTunes link. They'll still um, manage to subscribe you. But nonetheless, I just take it to the website. And then how often are you going to update that? What are you going to put out on those social media channels? Um, are you going to promote those on your website? Things of that nature you'll want to consider as well. 
So we are big on, uh, I would say Google Plus is a majority of our list listenership. That's just because we have, before we started, Brett and I have uh, uh, quite a group of gamers that we interact with there. Facebook is picking up a little bit of steam, but it's certainly not the main part or the main social media um, channel that gets a, a ton of traffic or followers. We also use YouTube, so I don't want to you know, alienate YouTube, and I'll go into that in just a second. But we also use YouTube for, and we're an audio podcast, not video, but we still put it up there and we can use a playlist. And so when people want to, they can just go to YouTube and listen to our show and they don't even have to actually watch it and they can subscribe to it there as well. Um, so I think that's about social media there. Hosting files. Okay. So hosting files, um, there are some people that will do shared hosting or self-host and what they will do is they will upload their MP3s to their hosting environment. It's uh, a, certainly a method that you can do and use. And then what you do is you go to your, your PowerPress plugin in WordPress and put in the link to your show that is hosted on your server or your web host. Now you can do that. There's two problems with that kind of approach. One is if you get a lot of people that listen to your show, there's going to be, there's potential limitations to how much bandwidth that or downloads uh, space or download uh, how much data uh, you're allowed to have people download from your host. If you exceed that, you may incur additional fees than you normally pay. Um, it also doesn't scale sometimes. So if you get really pounded, it's a really hot show, and tons of people hit your web server and you're on shared hosting, they're going to bring your website to a crawl and they're probably not going to be, be able to access it. So what I would recommend is that you use a hosting service for your audio files. Now, the big ones are Libsyn and Blueberry. Okay, and I'll put those links in the show notes. I use Libsyn for one podcast, uh, my personal professional podcast, and then we use Blueberry for gaming and BS and bonus BS. Yes, there is a cost to it, um, and the costs differ depending on the size of your files and how much you're hosting per month. There's usually a cap on a per month basis. I think there we're running probably $20 a month as well, so there's another expense. Some people will use archive.org, so you can actually upload your files there. I have noticed some podcasts do that, and I've gone to download some of those episodes, and it's really, really, really slow download speed from that host. It is free, though. So there's other options like SoundCloud. Um, I would be weary about like um, using the RSS feed from SoundCloud, Blueberry, or Libsyn because, again, they're third-party. They could change at any time. Um, if they change their RSS feed, I'm at the mercy of trying to get iTunes updated again. But again, I just use them strictly for hosting. Actually, with Libsyn, you can actually just host your site and your domain all at Libsyn, and it will do everything for you there. Um, their theming isn't as robust, and you don't have a lot of options for plugins and things of that nature as you would with WordPress. But it is certainly, hey, you want to pay one fee for hosting your mp3 files your show episodes and your blogging libsyn will do the trick so it's kind of like one cost boom done 
So it's definitely an option. Check it out. But again, WordPress allows you a lot, little bit more flexibility. And WordPress is free to download and, and put on a host. So um, you know, let me know if you have any questions around that. Email. Who? How are you going to have people contact you if you want them to contact you via the show? Um, it, I say I bring up email because, again, this is one of those little subtle nuances that people may not consider when they're setting up a podcast. With us, we went with Gmail. I'm not going to self-host just because there's tweaks and you got to set up, uh, you know, in my case, I have to set up a mail server and I don't want to do that. So I'm just going to go with Gmail. BS at gmail.com was available. That's what we're using. Um, now, we do it just for the show. I don't have a gaming and BS email address. Brett does not have one. We figure if you want to reach the show, you just send it to the the show's email address. Now, there are other podcasts that go, hey, it's Sean at Gaming and BS or Brett at Gaming and BS or Gmail or whatever it is, but um, we just do it all at one place. So that's something you got to decide upon too. Um, we also set up a phone number, uh, 929-BIG-DICE. We did that via Google Voice. Uh, it's free. People can call in. Uh, the sound quality is so-so, but, I mean, it's a free phone number. We... Um, we, you have to tie it to, I think you have to tie it to an actual cell phone number. We have it tied to Brett's, but what we did was we put basically an out of office or whenever somebody calls this number, put it directly into voicemail. So Brett never actually sees the call come through to his phone. And then you can go into Google Voice in, through a web, uh, through the web. Uh, browser, and you can actually see those messages there, and you can play them right out of the web browser. You can also have them translated into text and then emailed to your account, which we also do. But some of that translation gets lost a little bit, but you you will get the notification in email and uh, Google Voice, so that's pretty nice. Now we don't have we don't get a ton of callers, but it is one method, um, and we just put them straight to voicemail. We don't answer it. And that's the same with our email. We have an out of office. We just keep it on there and we have a response like, so an out of, kind of an out of office response that says, hey, thanks. For, we got your email. Thanks for emailing the show. We appreciate it. Pretty much that's it. And then if it's something where it comes through and I want to respond to it, I absolutely do it. Um, we'll put the email in the show at times uh, and we file it away in Gmail. Pretty easy. And then you can copy paste into your show notes or whatever you're doing. So it's easy to manage that way. Moving on to music. Let me just get a drink of water here quick. Music or intro, outro, or any transitions. Um, we, I use, uh, I've, I've, I actually had Brett. Um, Brett found the music that we have, the intro and the outro. And uh, I think, he, and it's obviously free to use, um, what is it? Uh, common, common license or what have you. And, uh, we didn't have to pay for them. Now, the only drawback to that is somebody could listen to another show and still, you know, have our intro and our outro. And that's perfectly okay. I mean, there's nothing we can really do about it. So that's the inexpensive way to do things for sure is use kind of a common license type of arrangement, royalty free, and use it that way. I don't remember the sites that he pulled them off of, um, but I know he did a search and found them, and I liked them. Um, transition music or sound effects, 
um, or verbal or a combination of any of those. You know, we have a door creaking um, for random encounter. We have dice roll. For our die roll, we have um, somebody shuffling around in a bag of dice and then rolling a couple dice. I actually recorded that myself. I just put a mic right by the table and jingled around a bunch of dice in the bag and recorded that, edited it down a little bit, and it works just fine. That way I don't have to search for, you know, I get the bag kind of effect as well as the die dice rolling and hitting the table. Um, you can maybe find one or the other and you could kind of merge them, but that's up to you. There's plenty of little snippets you can grab out there on the web and sometimes you pay a dollar. Um, sometimes you can find some royalty free ones that you can use, but make sure that if you get that info or get the music that you're not, you know, getting in on some copyrighted issues, um, because they'll, they'll come on to you and, uh, you'll have to, you know, deal with that. Now for transitions, um, between segments, like I have a sword and a clash for our sponsor. I found that out on the web and merged those, the swing and the ching ching of the swords. Uh, I actually just merged two files for that. And then what I do is I put those in what's called soundbite, which is an app that I have on an iPad. Soundbite is an application by Black Cat Systems. Um, So it's a soundboard that you can program and literally it's just a grid and you hold the button down on the grid of the iPad in the app and it will come up with a menu and you can browse to the file and then it assigns that music or sound file to that button. So all I have to do as we're recording is just hit that button and it will play, which is really nice. Um, There's plenty of other ones out there. I think there's, um, oh shoot, I forgot the one for Android. Like it's not Boombox, but it's, Somebody will probably correct me. But anyways, um, if you do do Soundbite, there's a couple different ones. In The one that you want is the iPad app that is solo and runs on the iPad. I made the mistake of spending some money on one I put on my iPad, but it need, the iPad needs to be connected to the computer and it remotely pulls from the computer. You actually want the one where you can put the file on the iPad and play directly off the iPad. If you go that route, um, where do you get them? Lots of different places on the web. Um, on one pot, you know, I mentioned Brad got those from a couple of royalty free sites. Um, the sites I don't remember, but on another podcast, on like I use one for talent jockey that I do. And I went to premiumbeat.com, spent a few dollars to get some, um, a pretty cool intro I use the intro and outro for that show, um, one, the same song. When you do intro and outros, if you're doing an intro, I learned the hard way. You're going to think the song sounds really cool and you're going to play two minutes of it. Don't do that. Trim it down to like no more than 30 seconds. And if you do 30 seconds, you can even talk over it. Just put a fader behind it and start talking about the show. People get really irked when they got to listen to like two minutes of music that they may or may not care for. So I learned that the hard way. I actually went back like 20 episodes and redid all of our intros just because of that. Um, And that's huge. So literally don't need much 10 second blurb just to kind of kick off the show a little bit. Some people don't even use intros and outros. They just, Hey, welcome to the show. And then they kick it off. And then when they close, they just say, thanks for tuning in. And that's it. So no music. Uh, It does add a little bit of ambiance, but that's really entirely up to you. 
Um, one other option is you could get original music. You can get an artist or a musician to, to write one up for you. Now in the days of the web, you can get something for, you know, as little as 150 bucks. Now, some of you may say, wow, dude, that's a lot, $150. Yes, but they will actually do it and you own the entire rights to that song is what happens. And that's why the $150 and it's geared towards your show. Um, you can actually get the artist to do it. Um, I think 28 days to the work you love is, or 28 days later, I think is, um, Oh, I forgot the host of that show. He's uh, a famous author. And, uh, I think his name's Dan. Dan's name escapes me, of course. But anyways, he had two artists write for his show, and it's um, it's a melody kind of approach, an acoustic, but that's his. He owns it. Um, he can determine who can use it or not. Um, and with some of these other ones, these common licenses, um, anybody can. So that's really unique if you want to pursue that. Um, yeah, and different costs associated. But I think uh, that's it for kind of most of the planning stages of the show. Um, what I'm going to talk about in the next episode is kind of the workflow of how we produce gaming NBS. And then I'll also do gear. So I might do operation uh, workflow and kind of operational producing part of it or gear in the next show. But I do appreciate you guys tuning in. Um, this, again, has been an episode of Bonus BS. Uh, part one of Inside Gaming and BS. Thanks and have a good one.